You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing's permanent. I'm not saying it's permanent. But The Dan Patrick Show is impossible to miss. From our podcast to YouTube to the iHeartRadio app. Listen any way you want, anytime, anywhere. (coughs) Get away from me. Probably at your house. I'm just going to make some assumptions. Broadcasting from a responsible social distance. I've got uh, Fritzy at home, McLovin at home, Seton at home. Paulie is here in the man cave. Dan Patrick and the Danettes bring you the best in sports-ish kind of talk. It's Damian Lillard who joins us on the program from my Portland Trailblazers. How's the house? Built me a little recording studio out inside the house. I got me a game room set up. Bringing Bob Nightingale if we do play baseball. Who would be the favorite to win it all this year? I think the Dodgers are loaded. I love that Mookie Betts trade. When baseball comes back, I don't know how my fans are going to be jumping all over the Astros. It's like, with all we, we've gone through, are we really going to boo these guys? Do we really care that much about baseball cheating? And now, from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is... Is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. It's been a fun show so far. First two hours, Cal Ripken Jr. stopped by. Daniel Jeremiah set Twitter ablaze where he said if Tom Brady had played for the Baltimore Ravens instead of the Patriots, he would have won 10 Super Bowls. Daniel Jeremiah, the former NFL scout, now the uh, NFL draft analyst for the NFL Network. Coming up, we'll talk to the great Hank Aaron. It was 46 years ago tonight that he hit home run number 17, uh, 715 to become the all-time home run champ. And uh, we'll talk to the great basketball player from Oregon, Sabrina Ionescu, the uh, two-time Wooden Award winner. She'll join us coming up in the final hour of the show. If you'd like, get in touch, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. As we say good morning to Hank Aaron, Hall of Famer, and uh, on this day, that uh, 46 years ago, he homered off Al Downing and uh, number 715. How are you, Hank? I'm fine, Dan. How are you? I'm doing okay. I uh, I actually went back and uh, listened to Vin Scully's call of the home run. When's the last time that you sat down and watched that? Oh, my goodness. It's been a time. It's been a while. It has been a long time, Dan. Uh, I haven't I haven't watched it that much. What do you remember about that night? Like, is there something that never came out or something that is just special for you, something before the game, after the game that happened? Well, you know, the thing that I remember most about that night was my mother. Uh, she, she, was, she, 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 was, she was so enthused. She was so happy. And, and when I hit the home run and got around the bases to home plate, uh, she grabbed me, and uh, I had never been hugged before in my life like that. <laughs> I did notice that, that she was holding on for dear life to you. She just didn't want to let you go. No, she didn't. She, she was quite happy, and I, was, and, and I was thrilled. What did you keep from that night? Uh, I think I remember that night. I remember most was the fact that. Um, well, did you keep your uniform? Did you keep the bat? Did you like what? What memorabilia did you keep from that night? I, I don't. I don't think I kept anything as far as that's concerned. Oh, I, I don't think. I don't think I kept anything. 
I think I went home, uh, Dan, I think I went home, my wife and I both, and we prayed. And 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 uh, I asked God forgiveness and thanked him for everything that he had done for me. And, and, and that's the thing I remember most. Did you thank him for that pitch that Al threw to you that was up in the strike zone? <laughs> well, you know, you know, a lot of people talk about that pitch, but that was, you know, Don, you know, he he was quite a pitcher. He won as, twenty as games know. before, yeah. Yeah, you know, he used to pitch with the Yankees, and uh, he, he 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 was quite a pitcher, and I had never had good luck against him. And for some reason, uh, it was the night that uh, come calling, and I hit the home run off of her. And you homered in Cincinnati off Jack Billingham. And then I think, did Bowie Kuhn, the commissioner, want you to wait to go to Atlanta, or you wanted to wait to go to Atlanta to try to set the record there? He made you play that maybe the next day in Cincinnati. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yes, he wanted me. He wanted me to play the next day. Yes, he wanted me instead. Of, instead. Of, instead. Of, I hit. I, I opened the season up. I hit the home run, and uh, then I wanted to wait and do the rest of it in in, in Atlanta here. And he said no. He said <laughs> you by your record say you played every other day and said you. Should play today. How different would your career been if you played in a bigger market? I think it would have been a lot, a lot different, but then I don't know. You know, I I, I, I kind of uh, were you a small market guy? Like you were in Milwaukee and Atlanta. If if I swapped you and Willie Mays or you and Mickey Mantle, would your personality would you done okay in New York as opposed to Atlanta and in Milwaukee? I think I'd have got along as far as uh, very well, but I, I don't know that I would have uh, I would have been the same type of ball player that I was uh, that I was in Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee was was made for me. Yeah, I, I loved Milwaukee. Uh, I was a country boy. Milwaukee was a country city. And I just love being in Milwaukee. What other sports did you play growing up? I played I played a little basketball. Not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not basketball. Take that back. Looking at basketball. I, I played a little football. Played a little football. But other than that, uh, Dan, I didn't play any other sport. I played baseball. I was a, strictly a baseball player. I played baseball from... From eight years old until I got to be twelve or thirteen. How good a running? Were you a running back? I could run. I could run pretty well. I, I didn't. I didn't have the 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 the, the, uh, the feet like some of these wide receivers or running backs had. But I could. I could. I could. I can make, I can make hay. You can I make could do things. <laughs> I could, I could do things that I wanted to do. But I also, I think, how much did, was the most you weighed? One eighty, maybe. I weighed, I weighed the most I weighed was one eighty. Wow, that was it. I, I never weighed 
more than 180. I always, if I if I got 185, 190 pounds, I was overweight. But you had those quick wrists. Like Mike Schmidt and you were the two guys. I just remember it was a flick of the wrist because you weren't a, a big guy. I think your lower body was a little bigger. But how do you explain all of those home runs with not being a big guy? I, hit, I did most of my things with my wrist. Uh, for some reason, I, I don't know why, but I, 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 I had very strong hands. And I had very strong wrists. And I did everything with my wrists. Yeah, you did it quite well. 46 years ago uh, tonight, yes. he hit uh, home yes. run number 715. We're talking to uh, Hank Aaron. You know, we've talked about this before. You were kind enough to share your feelings going into this, that you got letters, horrible letters. Um, people didn't want a black man breaking Babe Ruth's all-time home run record. And then here you are in the South. You hit the home run. And then you have these two fans who run on the field as you're rounding second. What were you thinking? Yes, yes, yes. These two kids ran on the field, and actually, they 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 meant nothing. They 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 didn't mean to do any harm to me. Uh, they had said before the game started that uh, if I hit a home run, uh, time presented itself that they were going to run on the field and make themselves presentable. It looked like they were trying to take off your batting helmet. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. You know, you know, and one of them turned out to be a doctor. <laughs> and, 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 and they turned out to be pretty good citizens. Oh, man. I cried that night when you homered. I was watching in Cincinnati. And, of course, I'm a big red machine guy, but yeah. I, I had your poster up on the wall, and I, I just... I still have that, that, I think it was McGregor that had the poster with every one of the names of the pitchers that you hit home runs off of leading up to 715. Do you remember that poster? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I should send it to you. Yeah, thank do you, you. I wish you would. Do you collect memorabilia at all? Do you, if I go I, in. A little, a little bit. I don't. I, I, everything, you know, everything that I have, that everything. Everything, rings, watches, anything that I have, I've given it to Cooperstown. I give everything I ever had to Cooperstown. I, I don't own anything. And somebody said, well, well why, did, why did you do that? Well, I said, it belongs to Cooperstown. Hmm. I said, I played baseball before people, uh, before lots and lots and lots of people. And I said it belonged for them to enjoy. If they want to go to the Cooperstown to look at it. That's what they need to do. And I also thought at the time when Bonds broke your record, it was unfair to bring you into that. I always felt bad about that. I, I don't know how you felt, but it was like, who do you think is the all-time home run champ? Like, I, I yeah. always viewed yeah. you as the all-time home run champ. He had more home runs. You're the all-time home run champ. That's the way I always answered it. But well, thanks very much. Did you feel uncomfortable when you were asked about that with Bond? Like you were brought in to it somehow explain Barry Bonds? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I it it felt like you know they were unfair in saying, "Let me bring you in." Like, and what do you think of Bonds breaking your record? And like they were bringing you into a controversy there. I just well, they were they they they, they were they were and I and the. And the only way that I could get out of it 
was the fact that make a statement and get it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great Dad, to how you been doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing you know Dad, I've been I've been I've been watching your show you you're doing a magnificent job. Well, I'm during the commercial break here. I'm going to go back, and if uh, I can get a cameraman, I'm going to show that poster to you. And and I I mean it. I'd love to send it to you if it. it but it's you, and it's McGregor uh, Sporting Goods, and it's got all your your home runs that you hit. Do you remember that first one? I do. What? Did, who did you hit it off of? Vig Rasher. Okay. What did he throw you? I love you. You're a treasure. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I hope we get many more anniversaries to talk about this. But uh, thank you again. I, I know you're probably being inundated with people wanting to talk to you on uh, this anniversary. And uh, thank you. You always have a place in my heart. Thank you very much, Dan, and good luck to you, and may God bless you. All right, that's Hank Aaron, Braves Hall of Famer. Yeah, I had that poster. I had a couple of posters. I had the poster of the home run on my wall growing up, and I, I don't know what it was about Hank Aaron other than there was a quiet greatness, quiet dignity to him. You never read anything about him, and I wonder if I put Willie Mays in Atlanta and Hank Aaron in New York. I mean, Hank was still going to be a great player. I always wonder about, like, to me, Mickey Mantle would have been better in a smaller market. Willie Mays was great in New York. Willie Mays was great wherever. But you have to have that right personality. And it felt like the bigger city was going to do damage to Mickey Mantle uh, off the field. And I wonder if he would have been in a smaller market. He's from a small town in Oklahoma. And Hank Aaron, small town guy. And he played in Atlanta and played in Milwaukee. He's 86 years of age, folks. Man. 86 years of age. But not much fanfare. You watch him, and you know, he had 3,700 hits in his career. He, he was a gold glove winner. I mean, he was a great all-around player. He wasn't the athlete that Mantle and Mays were or didn't have the flair that they did. He never hit 40 home runs, I don't think, in a year. He may have maybe once. He never hit 50, I should say. Yeah, Paul. He hit 40 one time. He hit, oh boy, 46 another time. But is any, is he usually had anywhere between 25 and 35 home runs, but forever. But that's a power hitter back then hit 25 home runs. If you got to 40, like that was really something special. But to hear Vin Scully with the call, and, you know, he talked about a black man in the Deep South getting a standing ovation from a white audience. I mean, Vin captures moments. And, 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 you know, you just imagine that. You got Hank Aaron and Vin Scully, two of the great gentlemen in the history of baseball. And they're about the same age. And Vin, with the call, uh, I think Milo Hamilton had the call on local radio in Atlanta. Kurt Gowdy was there, I think, for NBC. And then you had Vin in town because the Dodgers were in town. Yeah, Paul. I don't want to do this to you, but if I told you when uh, you were in high school that Hank Aaron would be on saying, hey, oh. I love your show. Oh, my God. I like listening to your, watching your show. That's, uh, it's, that's nuts. I, I, you know what? I've been very, very fortunate um, that a lot of these guys that I got a chance to, Jerry West. I mean, 
I never take it for granted when Jerry West comes on. Never. Johnny Bench, never take it for granted. Because growing up and you're watching, if you said to me when I'm in high school, hey, by the way, you're going to interview those guys and they're going to tell you that they like your show. And I'm going to go, <laughs> what show? You're going to have a show. You're also going to have these guys called Danettes, but we'll get to that another time. You're going to have your own show. <laughs> oh, God. You're like, what, my show here in Cincinnati? Yeah. No, no, no. actually. You're going to be in Milford, Connecticut, and it's called a man cave. A man cave. Yeah. You're going to have a, a guy named McLovin. McLovin. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll sign up for that. All right, uh, we'll talk to uh, the best uh, women's college basketball player in the last two years, Sabrina Ionescu. They'll join us on loan from Oregon. I got to find out the jersey that somebody sent to me is did somebody take that from Oregon's sports department? Because I have her jersey, it's not signed. And do you think that Hank Aaron would want that poster? Because I got it framed, and I, I don't want to send it, you know. Should I? Should I send it? What do you think, Fritzy? Absolutely. I think he genuinely would love to have that, and uh, it was awesome that you thought to, uh, to okay. want to send it to him. All right. Then I'll, I'll, during the commercial break, I'll go get that because I, somebody sent me that. I had it in my room growing up, and I remember when my mom made me clear everything out because we had to do something pesky like sell the house, and I lost that poster, and then somebody sent me that poster. In fact, we're showing it right now. It's, it's Hank turning on a fastball, and, and the, he's not big at all. But those wrists, Mike Schmidt and Hank Aaron had the, two of the more marvelous, effortless swings in baseball. It was just a quick turn, flip of the wrist, and it was gone. And Schmidt did that as well. All right, that was fun. Great job, Fritzy, in uh, tracking down Hank Aaron. And... Uh, We'll clean up our act now we know that Hank's watching. You know, this is one of those where Seton's always going, you know, if I would know that such and such is watching, you know, I'd watch what I say or what we do around here. You know, <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah, you immediately you, get so embarrassed. To, like, I think of all the dumb stuff I've done. In the <laughs> I know. Like, oh, my God. And I think Hank Aaron might have seen that. I know. Oh, yeah, no. We're doing groin humor, and poor Hank's there, you know, going, what's wrong with you, Dan? I'm going to pray. He's probably praying for me. All right, uh, coming up on 19 after the hour, we'll uh, get some phone calls, but uh, that was great. Thanks for allowing me to take a trip down memory lane. 19 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Marriott has confirmed a second data breach in three years. I mean, it feels like every time I'm talking to you about LifeLock, you know, there's a security breach. Somebody's stealing somebody's identity. And you really have to understand how cybercrime is affecting lives. Identity theft is a very, very serious issue. Someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. Every two seconds, it's stolen. And just if you talk to somebody who's trying to get it back, wow, it is a long process. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale in the dark web. If they detect your information, they will send you an alert. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can see threats you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. All you have to do is use the promo code PATRICK. Now, you can call them at 1-800-LIFELOCK, or you can go to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com.
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All righty. Get some phone calls here. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu uh, will join us, Oregon basketball player. Yeah, I got a jersey here. I don't know who sent it to me. It's not autographed, but it's hers. She had to convince Nike to sell these jerseys, and rightfully so. I mean, that they should be selling this, you know, with you know women wanting to have that and having somebody to look up to and having jerseys to buy. So she'll join us coming up here. Sam in California joins us. Hi, Sam. What do you have for me today? Hey, I love that interview with Hank Karen. I'm in my mid-50s. My granddad was a junior high baseball coach, and my great-grandfather's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm named after him, Wahoo Sam Crawford. So when I was in seventh grade, my granddad said, hey, I'm going to take you to Dodger Stadium and get you a ball signed by Hank Aaron because <laughs> Bill Crandall, who was a Dodger coach, like first base coach, that he was a junior high student of my granddad, so he knew each other. So when I told my Little League team, hey, I'm going to a Dodger game tomorrow, I'm going to get a ball signed by Hank Aaron, one kid said, get a ball signed for me. And I said, okay. So I took two baseballs, one for my friend, and one I have a baseball signed by my great-grandfather, Sam Crawford, who's in the Hall of Fame for the most triples. Yes. And the most inside-the-park home runs. So there's one baseball in the world that's got Hank Aaron on it and Sam Crawford. I thought Sam had like 19 triples one year. Something crazy. Yes, most inside-the-park home runs, most triples, records that will never, ever be broken in the dead ball era. And I have actually a baseball that he gave me, handed down to me. One baseball, Ty Cobb, Walter Johnson, and my and uh, a few other signatures on there. Awesome. Now, thank you, thank you for sharing, Sam. I appreciate that. Uh, some nice responses to the Hank Aaron interview uh, is from uh, Scott, who said, uh, "Sir, I'm just sitting here in my office listening to your interview with Hank Aaron, best long ball hitter ever. Tears are running down my cheeks. What an incredibly kind, gentle man overcame so much. What a great interview. Thanks for this special moment. You guys, uh, you're truly the best at what you do." Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I I have such admiration for him. And he talked about this. He's been on the show a couple of times, and he talked about the hate mail that he got. All he did is show up and play baseball. You know, there there was no reason to ever be angry at Hank Aaron, ever. And all he did is play baseball. But people didn't want a black man to pass Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth, this iconic figure, and all Hank Aaron did is show up every day and play baseball. But the, some of the hate mail that he got was... That's why there were snipers at Fulton County Stadium that night. And they had state troopers to protect him. In fact, you'll see in the video when he crosses home plate that his security guy is there. He's got binoculars and he's, he's got a gun. I mean, he's, he's packing. But they had snipers on the roof. because they, And then you see these two kids run on the field with Hank around second base. And they were taking their lives into their own hands. Because... How do you know if somebody's going to do something to Hank Aaron? Chuck in Kentucky joins us. Hey, Chuck, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Chuck. Uh, Chuck in Lexington, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Hi. Uh, 59180, avid listener. Hey, really appreciate your interviews, uh, period. I think uh, Hank Aaron's probably 
the most sincere baseball player that I ever saw play. Got to see him play in Fulton County. Got to watch Kopech and Drysdale pitch a doubleheader when I was in Little League. Uh, I'm an avid Yankees fan, though, but I pull for Hank and the Braves and Joe. And uh, really do love your show. And, hey, y'all cut, uh, y'all cut Fritzy a little slack there. He, he takes a lot of grief and handles it. But, uh, uh, all right. Well, thank you. Enjoy. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. Fritzy, did you set up Chuck to call in so he would say something nice about I you? I may have uh, given him a few bucks. I didn't want to uh, suggest that. Uh, Jeremy in Texas joins us. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? Love listening to y'all. Hey, got a question or, or a theory here okay. for Brady leaving the Patriots. Maybe he wants to go NFC, win a Super Bowl, and be the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl in both AFC and NFC. And two, continue going for the record. You know, he's only, what, eight touchdowns behind Breeze. And uh, I think if, if Brady would have retired, Breeze probably would have retired. But, you know, I think they're both battling out for those those records at the end of their career right now. Yeah. That's just my theory. And I think that Brady, Brady, I think, will play two years. I think Breeze will play one. I think Breeze will go into the broadcast booth. Now, he's competitive. Breeze is extremely competitive. But I don't know if he's going to say, I'm going to stick around. Now, he's got a good team, too. Now, I don't know if it's one of those situations where if he wins the Super Bowl, then, you know, he'll definitely, you know, retire. You know, he did a wonderful thing. He donated $5 million to the city of New Orleans. And I, I you know, helping with what's going on with the coronavirus, you know, him and his wife donating five, $5 million, which was, uh, was pretty awesome there. Update the poll results if you can, McLevin. So I put up the question, if you could go back 20 years, would you draft Tom Brady or hire Bill Belichick? 78% said hire Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think that there is, not that Brady is a system quarterback, but I think there's a system that Bill Belichick creates. And then there's, you know, I don't want to take away from the greatness of Tom Brady, but I think Belichick has a way of coaching and what he wants and how, but, you know, he's changed his philosophy. He's changed his rosters. That's the sign of a great coach. His ability to adapt is unprecedented in all the sports when it comes to coaching. Yes, McLevin. Uh, could you ask a similar question with Bill Walsh and Joe Montana? Kind of same dynamic? Yeah, I think that that's because then Steve Young stepped in and, you know, they didn't miss a beat. And a lot of that's with the genius of Bill Walsh. Is Sabrina with us? My uh, my Oregon Duck guard, I, I uh, Sabrina Ionescu, the uh, John Wooden Award winner. I got a jersey sent to me, Sabrina. It's it's yours, but I don't know if it's actually yours. So I, I feel bad if somebody sent me the jersey and showed up in the mail. So do you know how I got this? How? I don't, I don't know. I'm asking you. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant, oh, I mean, I, and I think it's mine. <laughs> I yeah, just take credit for it. It says extra large, so I'm guessing that that it's going to fit me. That's the reason why it was sent to me. But uh, it's pretty cool that Nike did this. Did you have to go to Nike and say, you know, why aren't we selling my jerseys? Um, I mean, I I don't know if it was in the works or not. Um, but I was getting people asking me nonstop about the jerseys, and so I had tweeted, kind of just asking, like, hey, are, are there going to be jerseys? <laughs> not even for me, but just for other people just because I'm getting asked all the time and then uh, the jerseys are out and, and selling so it is pretty cool that's great uh, what's your trophy room look like <laughs> um, I don't really have one to be honest I usually like give them away or keep them at school somewhere just because I don't have room for them um, 
so they're kind of all over the place. I, I don't really hold on to them. What is the one piece of memorabilia that you have, sports memorabilia, that you treasure? Um, I have, I like to keep, to keep jerseys. So I have like a, a lot of jerseys from when I was playing, when I was younger, um, my USA basketball jerseys, um, my high school jerseys, college jerseys. So I think jerseys are the ones that, uh, I'll hold on to. What about pro players? Did you collect jerseys from them? No, I didn't collect jerseys. I mean, I have Steph's jersey. Um, I have Clay Thompson's jersey. So I have some jerseys there. I mean, a bunch of pictures, banners, all, all that stuff. And how did you form the relationship with Kobe Bryant? Uh, we, we became friends a few years ago when he brought his daughter to um, our game at USC. And then, but that's got to be pretty surreal where you're going, okay, there's Kobe. Okay, he's walking over here. Uh, yeah, he's got yeah. Like I he, mean, for he can't sure. be cool yeah. under. <laughs> how did you react? Uh, it was really cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's always, um, it's always humbling and you, I got goosebumps and I was like, Oh my gosh, is that Kobe? And our coaches knew, but they didn't, they didn't tell us. Um, so it really was like a surprise to see him and to just like be able to see him in person was crazy. And look, I loved watching you play, uh, certainly with your ability to be a, uh, you know, a triple double machine there. The poise you showed at Kobe's memorial far outweighed anything that you did on the basketball floor. You were, I don't know how nervous you were. You were unbelievable that day. Um, thank you. Um, I, I was very nervous um, before and after. Um, I think just seeing how many people were there and obviously all the emotions that were filled with being there was tough. But um, I think once I started and, um, finally got up there and started speaking. Um, I, I didn't really think about it too much, but um, I definitely was uh, very nervous. Sabrina Ionescu, the former Oregon Duck guard and uh, best college basketball player uh, in the country the last two years. What's it been like last month, you know, this since they decided they weren't going to play the tournament? What have you done? Yeah, um, just working out and, and doing stuff at home. There's still a private gym that um, I can get into and, and go to that I, I worked out with before and then just lifting and doing yoga, reading, um, still in school. And so just trying to find things to stay busy and, and stay sharp. Uh, Liberty, the New York Liberty have the number one overall pick. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they do. Have you already started looking at uh, what it costs to live in New York? I think they pay for housing, so I uh, have not looked at the prices of oh, oh. housing. Uh, favorite player growing up? Uh, Steph Curry. And now, have you shot with him? Yeah, we worked out. We're actually really close friends now, so it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of cool to see the relationship grow. What do you do better than Steph Curry? Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But you see that range, Sabrina. Like, you know, we watch on TV, but that, I mean, he invented that. You can say that, I mean, Steph has had a bigger impact on the game than almost anyone in the history of the sport because he allowed everybody who is smaller to think that they can play. You don't have to be physical. I mean, Steph Curry's impact on the game cannot be understated. No, um, 
it can't. And I think people that don't see that and, and don't value that don't really understand the impact that he's had on the sport. I mean, you walk into any gym and there's there's little kids shooting from half court. They're shooting, you know, shots like Steph and uh, it's evolved the game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the three-point line gets moved back, you know, <laughs> moving forward. And it's it's because of him and his ability. So it's been cool to see that. If you didn't play basketball, what would you be doing? Probably going to work, uh, going to going to college, uh, living living a life. Um, what's your major? I have no idea. If I wasn't playing basketball, what? Yeah, what's your major? Um, it's crime law and society. Wait, what is that? Uh, crime law and like law, like crime law and society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so do you want to be a police officer, CSI? No. No, I just wasn't good at math, so I decided to uh... <laughs> uh, It's great to have you on. You should be very proud of what you did. And I meant what I said about what, you know, to stand up there at Kobe's tribute, that, that memorial, and I went, I, I couldn't have done it, and I do this for a living. Couldn't have done it. But uh, you're a special player and certainly a special person. I wish you luck in the uh, WNBA and with the New York Liberty. Thank you so much for having me and for the opportunity. I appreciate it. That's uh, Sabrina Ionescu, the uh, Oregon two-time Wooden Award winner. She has the all-time record in uh, career triple-doubles, men or women, with uh, 26. But uh, first NCAA player, 2,000 career points, 1,000 assists, 1,000 rebounds. Yes, Paul? I like that the WNBA puts people up. New York, go ahead, move oh, to New yeah, York. I know. <laughs> That's going to be tough for an athlete. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't know that they're going to pay for your housing there. She's going to need that. It's going to be expensive. Yeah, Paul. I don't know if I mentioned this to you because you know how much I stink at basketball. I used to work at a health club that you've actually been in in New York City back in the late 90s, and the, the New York Liberty players in the offseason would come there and play pickup, and they would take any live bodies they could just to play five-on-five, five, and I was one of those live bodies. Remember Teresa Weatherspoon? Oh, yeah, and, Spoon, and yeah. Kim Hampton, she was a power forward. Yeah. They used to kick our butts for two hours, and, I mean, I was – there were better, obviously better players than me, but it was a lot of fun. Well, you'll find a lot of the uh, college teams, women's college teams, will scrimmage against men. I had a nephew who uh, scrimmaged against a, a women's college basketball team, and he, and he's a good athlete, uh, probably six five or so, six six, and you know they wanted that. They wanted that competition, and also I I've been to a practice before where a women's uh, college basketball team they had they they scrimmaged against six guys. Not five, six, just, and they were full court pressure. And they wanted to just give the feeling of, you know, there's nowhere to go. Like, how do we break the press? If we can break the press here with six guys against us, we'll break the press against this team that they were going to face in the tournament. Yeah, Paul. As we're playing pickup, the, the games would change. We'd switch teams. So at, at one point, I found myself on Teresa Weatherspoon's team, and she's like an all star for the New York Liberty. And, you know, I can't shoot and don't shoot when I play basketball. I try not to because I can't. I just get the ball around. And she goes, shoot a little bit. Make them so they don't back off you. And I took a shot. She goes, hey, I changed my mind. Don't shoot. <laughs> she goes, don't shoot. She saw me this one shot. If you get to see the uh, women of Troy on USC basketball, it's, you know, Cheryl, the McGee twins, and uh, and Teresa Witherspoon. Spoon is, a, she's grew up in a tough, tough environment, but a wonderful person. Uh, really a great documentary. All right, we'll take a break here. Oh, I, I watched a documentary Sundland uh, Till I Die? A soccer? Yes, a soccer documentary. 
And it's about this team that's been relegated. They used to be really good in the Premier League. I, I watched that last night. It was good. Yeah. But they talk about how the, you know this is used to be the bi- biggest shipping city in the world. And, you know, they've fallen on hard times. But they have this beautiful uh, stadium there, the soccer team. So I was watching that. It's about really the fan base, the players, management, uh, the city itself. So uh, there's probably, I think, six or eight episodes there. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. And uh, we'll come back to tell you about all that right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst, he'll be working the draft. He said if Tom Brady had played for the Ravens and not the Patriots, the Ravens would have won 10 Super Bowls in those 20 years. I wanted to have Stats Inc. go back and tell me how many Pro Bowl selections the Ravens had over that same time period with the Patriots. The Patriots, from 2000 until last year, had 94 Pro Bowl selections, 14 of which were Tom Brady. So if I take Brady out of this, Patriots had 80 Pro Bowl selections, the Ravens had 107. And what Daniel Jeremiah was saying, that... The Ravens have had as much, if not more than uh, more talent than any team in the last 20 years. They got two Super Bowls, but he thinks if Brady would have been on that team, where you got Ed Reed, you got Ray Lewis, you got Jonathan Ogden. Uh, I mean, they had uh, Haloti Nada. I mean, they, they had great, great players on that team. Whereas the Patriots didn't have those kind of Hall of Fame-like players, but they had great teams. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. So if you could go back 20 years, would you hire Belichick or draft Brady? 74% say hire Belichick. Man, it's a little more overwhelming than I thought. But uh, thanks for everybody who uh, voted on that. Also voting for the Meet Friday songs, the Mesquite 16. Uh, Let me see. Coming up tomorrow, um, Myron Roll, known as now Dr. Myron Roll, the former NFL uh, player, defensive back, Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Whoa. Hello, friends. Dogwoods and foliage with the Augusta uh, tournament being pushed back. This would be a, well, he'd be coming off the final four, and then he would have Augusta. And Al Michaels. Okay, Albino going to join us on the uh, program. Justin Herbert of the Oregon Ducks will join us, I believe, on Friday. Uh, John in New Zealand joins us now. Hi, John. What do you have for me today? How you doing, mate? Hey, mate. <laughs> Good day, Danette. It's really great to chat to you after a long, long break. Yeah, Dan, um, this is the first time I've managed to get through in quite some long time. And uh, I wanted to thank you. I mean, you guys have been through a lot in the last uh, two years, three years with your health and everything. I haven't spoken to you since you you shared live what you went through and, uh, and since your change to a new man cave. I just wanted to say what you guys are doing now, uh, taking people's minds off all that we're going through around the world, and what you shared last year, especially about being open about uh, dealing with depression and from medication and that, I think you guys do an incredible job. 
And uh, around the world, people are blessed because you guys are on air. John, thank you. And it's great to hear from you. And I've heard from a lot of people uh, with my uh, health, and, and I'm doing fine. I, I've talked about, you know, I had an autoimmune disease uh, condition, and from so far, everything is good. I have a, a compromised immune system, and certainly with the coronavirus, we're taking all the precautions, but uh, I'm in contact with my main doctor about this, and uh, hopefully, knock on wood, that... Uh, We'll all get through this, but thank you for all those who have who have inquired, uh, some privately, uh, some publicly who've reached out. Thank you very much. Uh, let me see. This day in sports history, Paulie. By the way, this has been a great show. Cal Ripken, always great to talk to Rip. Jeremiah gave us uh, something going viral. Hank Aaron and uh, Sabrina uh, Ionescu, that, that was great. A lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's great to come into work and uh, get the opportunity to do this. What do you have sports history, Boz? 1974, Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run. We should break. get him on today. We should get him on. Perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, 1975, Frank Robinson of the Cleveland Indians, first African-American major, uh, manager of a Major League Baseball team. Well, it was the Indians, right? Yes. Okay. Wow. wow. Uh, That's a shot. Um, 1991, the Oakland A's stadium became the first outdoor arena to ban smoking. How random. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Who, who was really? last? Well, I'd like to know who was last. Who, who's like, you know what? We cannot give up the heaters. Uh, all right. Uh, let me see. Mark in Florida. Hey, Mark. DP, how you doing, buddy? Good, sir. Uh, first time, long time, or long time, first time. Six five two twenty. Uh, Dayton Flyer, 96 alumni. And I heard you guys talking about the uh, scout team against the women's teams. Uh, my buddy was a manager for the men's team at UD when I was there. We used to play a scout team against the women's team there. <clears throat> One time was uh, the day after Halloween where we were actually beating them pretty good. The coach blew the whistle, stopped practice, and berated the team because they were losing to, quote, five drugs from the ghetto, one of which had silver paint on his face. <laughs> my, my buddy had dressed up as a tin man the night before for Halloween <laughs> and partied in the ghetto all night long. So that was a, just one of our great times of uh, UD basketball history. All right. No, thank you. Thanks for the phone call, Mark. Now, they called it the ghetto. This was the, the housing, the off-campus housing at the University of Dayton. So not truly a ghetto, but that's uh, the, the houses were in uh, some in disrepair. Disrepair? But, yeah, disrepair. Because of you. No, not. I mean, I was there. Not you specifically. I, no. Well, maybe. But um, I, yeah, I could have. But my brothers went there, too. So I'm going to put some blame on them. My three other brothers went there. Let's go around the uh, room and find out what we learned on this program. Todd, what did you learn today? The Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr., did not have perfect attendance at school. I was surprised. He struck me as the guy who would be there every day, going to class, showing up. hands folded. Teacher's pet, don't, sitting in the front row, all of those things McLevin probably did. McLevin, what did you learn today? I learned that Tom Brady was basically Jeff Spicoli in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard. I mean, I've seen the headlines. Uh, the mothership says Brady spills all. No, I don't think so. I don't think he was spilling a lot. Unless he spilled, actually spilled something. But I, I don't think that he was spilling a lot with, uh, with Howard Stern earlier this morning. He said he smoked pot occasionally in, in high school, and he knew that started last year that he wasn't going back to the Patriots. I don't know if there's anything else that's juicy in there. Any quotes about Giselle? Because I figured that's what Howard wanted to know about. Yeah, McLove. 
Yeah, he, t- he actually did say some stuff that his, he had to stop going to off-season workouts to save his marriage, something like that. There's some, there's some heavy stuff coming out of that, actually, believe it or not. I think he, Howard did a good job is what we're reading. Oh, I'm sure he did the best you can with Brady. But, you know, I, I do think that Giselle wanted him to retire a couple of years ago. I really do. Uh, Seton, what'd you learn? There's a slight chance that the great Hank Aaron is a member of Chat Row on YouTube. Very slight. It's <laughs> Paulie, possible. Paulie, what did you learn? This is easy living. Getting that interview, Hank Aaron, that's cool. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. They make it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Thanks for all the folks who make this happen. Certainly the Danettes, the boys in the back room, and you watching and listening. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 